We are very excited to be here with Paul Papadimitriou. Um, so, hi, Paul. Hello. Um, Paul is someone that I would never dare to compare my air miles with, <laughs> and first of all. And uh, so, um, uh, Paul is a, is a well-known, I dare say, consultant and uh, analyst uh, in the technology uh, space. Uh, he's also an international speaker. He, he's, he's been... Um, uh, at many uh, major events uh, like the web and uh, 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 SXSW, to mention just a few uh, of the well-known ones, uh, with uh, uh, many and uh, big well-known names as clients. But I'll, I'll put a full stop there and let Paul give us a, a brief introduction of himself. Yeah, I think you did it pretty well, actually. Uh, yeah, I'm an air mile collector. Hello, I'm George Clooney, and this is up in the air. Uh, sorry for that. It's the last interview. We can be a li little bit, and there's a party afterwards, right? Um, uh, yeah, so I do consult for clients. I'm a mixed breed of analyst and consulting, which is actually pretty hard because supposedly when you're an analyst, you cannot have consulting clients because that kind of mixes your and you lose your independence. But uh, I'm using actually analysis to uh, do research for clients that they can, they can then uh, leverage this, uh, this research to actually... Uh, create better experience for their customers. So it's basically, yeah, I do strategy, basically. And I also work uh, a lot, but this is more of my free time because I'm not paid for that. I usually also work a lot with uh, startups, um, mm -hmm. uh, a few of them actually in Greece. I'm an advisor, a few of them in Greece, but also others in South America, Asia, and uh, in Europe. Uh, I'm, but I'm mostly, again, I'm not getting paid for that. It's just because I like it. It maybe keeps me young or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Great, great. So, Paul, as I mentioned before, I would much rather, if we keep that, is uh, uh, more in a fireside talk style rather yeah. than trying to do an, uh, an interview. Uh, um, so, what's uh, your uh, your feeling from uh, from the exhibition floor and uh, from MWC uh, announcements and uh, and what you see happening at the moment? Well, as usual, there's like, you know, this is this massive show. There's so many announcements that you go to. But the, the big trend for me you know, uh, is I would call it that under the umbrella of the, the, the race to the next billion. Uh, mm -hmm. If you see, uh, so the Mark Zuckerberg was on stage, uh, talked about the acquisition of WhatsApp and, and Internet.org, which basically both are a way for um, Facebook to continue to grow in terms of user base because they're mm -hmm. reaching a plateau at some point. Uh, so WhatsApp was to reach international markets and also maybe possibly people that are tired of Facebook or have never actually signed up. Uh, there's many other reasons, but these are two. Uh, Internet.org is a very uh, uh, very sound ID, but it's also a way to actually uh, make uh, more people go uh, online, especially via mobile, and thus mm -hmm. also growing mm -hmm. uh, Facebook uh, market share. So this is a, a race to the next billion. The other the other side of this race is you've seen uh, more and more uh, low cost uh, smartphones. A lot of Chinese manufacturers are coming with uh, sub hundred dollars smartphones. Uh, mm -hmm. You've seen um, Mozilla Firefox announcing that they were able to do a smartphone price at $25. Yeah. Uh, Ericsson, uh, not to be out down, talked about a smartphone at $10. Um, hmm. There's also Opera, which is the, f the, the web browser, also a mobile web browser, which announced a way to actually reduce your data uh, usage on mobile. So basically all these 
are uh, really cater to emerging markets. So again, mm-hmm. uh, race to the next billion is a way to uh, find uh, new users, a way to grow the market. Uh, very different market. I heard you talk, uh, you said something with... Um, what was his name, uh, his name again from uh, PayPal? John, John. John yeah. yeah. He mentioned about the uh, payment systems are obviously very different, whether it's in Africa and Southeast Asia. And I think uh, these companies are uh, very much trying to get there, but they have to adapt, hence uh, consolidations, acquisitions that we're seeing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think there were two uh, other interesting um, announcements, uh, I think, that uh, related to what you mentioned. So first of all, WatchUp uh, announced immediately after the Facebook announcement that uh, they're going to add voice in their services pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Actually, they're not the only ones. Actually, today, Line, uh, which is one of the yeah. competitors or whatever, because this space has so many competitors mm-hmm. right now, they also uh, um, announced, uh, they already have voice, but mm-hmm. they announced also a system where you can also do uh, cheap phone calls. So you actually can, uh, if I use Line and you don't, yeah. I can actually call you. So yeah, this is also something that's very hot. And at the same time, we have the Viber exit. Yeah. So a, a lot of a lot of activity. In, yeah, in a lot the, of activity. The, yeah. Suddenly, messaging apps or social networking messaging apps or whatever the chat apps, whatever the name you want to give them, because that's the other thing. I mean, if we try to put things into boxes, they're not exactly the same thing, but they all are from the same breed. Even Facebook was, you know, it's a way to communicate, uh, and I think it's a bit. Um, uh, it's useless to actually try to put them in categories. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they're um, mobile-first uh, systems uh, that exactly are catered, and that's, that's we just mentioned that race to the next billion. The next billion, uh, basically, so these new users will have, like basically a lot of the young users in the West, will have mm-hmm. their first ever experience of the internet uh, via mobile, and that's probably be the only ever experience you'll have is a mobile. Uh, whether you call mobile or tablet, I don't even care because I believe mm-hmm. the two are actually the same. It's a bit, uh, the, um, I think it's Apple's fault that we make, you know, <laughs> we create this kind of, uh, we have on one side tablets and the other side uh, smartphones. It's basically the same thing. It's touch screens, some, whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, we are seeing um, these are services that were made on mobile only. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them have desktop versions, but I would add it later. As a second thought, that, uh, by the way, they're not as well uh, thought of. Uh, so this this is really hot because obviously we've seen, and I, I'm sure because you follow this uh, a lot as well, I know, uh, we've seen uh, experiments on e-commerce in uh, Thailand in, uh, with... Um, and, and sorry, in Thailand with the line, uh, we've seen the same in uh, China with WeChat. Mm-hmm. Burberry actually is trying to do stuff with WeChat in, in China as well. So there are new platforms. It is interesting because it's a platform on a platform on a platform. So it's, it's a web, which is a first platform. And on top, you have apps. Uh, and on top, now you have apps that create their own platforms. They all, everything gets a little bit mixed. It's very interesting. I think, mm. I think it's a very, it's a very hot time. But the, the main point, uh, I, I think you agree with me is that this, this kind of expansion i don't think it's uh i don't think that they're like uh, scared to eat a plateau facebook might be but the others are really trying to figure out new ways of actually uh, monetizing users but it's it's interesting that you mentioned platforms because uh, it's also something that i i briefly discussed with uh, um, mozilla this morning um we, we used to talk about platform wars right and the dominant platforms and so on and so forth but uh, uh we are now moving into uh, ecosystem wars suddenly. So who's going to have the biggest ecosystem? Uh, and I'm not 
sure yet if companies have realized um, the big players have realized what it means to build an ecosystem I totally uh, agree with you you see you see like the, the, the everyone trying as I already said many times actually today that try, everyone in their neighbor they're trying to build a developer program and attract developers but there's this twist to the uh, WhatsApp acquisition that Facebook suddenly got a few million new users in its ecosystem so an ecosystem is not just developers, right? It's, yeah. it's, we're talking about multi-sided platforms here. So. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> it's, it's much bigger. If, I think you guys at Vision Mobile had this report a few, about a month ago. I don't remember mm. exactly. Andreas gave it to me. But uh, you have these ecosystems uh, for mobile that were like, you know, you had Apple versus Android, but the, the ecosystem is much larger than people think. It also includes the fact that you have accessories, that you have everything that goes around the ecosystem, mm-hmm. which is, by the way, the difficulty that um, Windows Phone ha- is having, but probably, maybe, and we'll see, because that's interesting, I'll come back to you in a second with Mozilla and also Ubuntu uh, Touch, and uh, the, this is the first type of platforms, and on top of that, this is the second type of platform you mentioned, just mentioned, it's Facebook, mm-hmm. which allows itself to have, you know, games, everything, which is a pretty much a little bit what Line or WhatsApp are doing. They're building a platform on top of another platform, which yeah. allows, uh, by the way, um, talking about, uh, I know I'm jumping subjects, but all this comes has come today. Line also announced so that um, a Korean-based uh, chat app that is actually bigger in Japan uh, um, is opening a kind of a market, a store, where if you want to create stickers yourself, you can actually put the, right. your, the, your stickers yourself. Uh, Line will take a cut of 50%. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can sell 40 stickers for one dollars uh, for one dollar so actually they open uh, this new platform the ecosystem is obviously much larger it's allowing people to create their own content to share things to talk to each other and as you say of course developers but sometimes i see uh and i won't mention names here i'm not here into bashing but i see companies only thinking about uh, uh we'll have a ecosystem just by um talking to developers that's yeah. obviously not enough yeah. anymore yeah and you, you've, you've touched so many subjects that I don't know which one to say. Yeah, I'm sorry <laughs> for that. Say, well, no, this is, that, that, that's fine, that's fine. But, um, yeah, I mean, the other hot topic um, and, 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 and word that I don't like, uh, big data, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. uh, we've already touched the, the, the topic with, with John from PayPal uh, right before. But um, so what's your take with um, like all this uh, abundance of devices, of connected devices, of connected everything? And uh, the, the two disruptions that are taking place, the, the business model disruption in terms of uh, uh, players being able to, to touch and tap into um, other industries, uh, while at the same time, uh, the, 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 new, um, uh, the new the new uh, reality of, uh, of having uh, such a huge amount of data, but I'll turn it around and say, such a capability to pinpoint in, in incredible detail um, people behaviors. Yeah, right. I'm over generalizing, perhaps, but I think you, you get the idea. Yeah, no, right. of course, it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm like you. I mean, I'm, I'm using big data because that's the word uh, everybody understands without having to explain it. But of course, it's a bit larger than that. Uh, huge data, right, or something. <laughs> it's it's true that the scale of data is absolutely uh, mind blowing. Uh, it's it's it has always been in a way. Obviously, just that uh, the input now that we add to the tank of that data, like so much every day, that it becomes. Um, uh, Impossible. Of course, then you have uh, companies, Oracle and others, trying to uh, into the enterprise market, try to make to sell.
sell solutions for uh, corporations to make sense of all this data. But I think nobody has actually figured out exactly yet. What is certain, though, is that on uh, the consumer behavior part, that's a very, 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 uh, it's a very hot topic, especially because when you look at um, privacy laws and uh, consumer laws, depending on where you're located in the world, whether it's the U.S., Asia, or, or, or Europe, for to take all these, these only these three examples, uh, the sensibilities of people and sensibilities thus of of, of uh, the laws are different, and thus mm-hmm. uh, with, for instance, a company based in the U.S. and having to be active in Europe, and we've seen examples with both Facebook and Google. How do people react to that? And at some point, you know, with privacy, and I put ex- expressively privacy into the world of consumer behavior because. As long as you don't, as long as you're not hit by something, uh, you don't realize what privacy is, right? As long as you, people gather, you know, credit, credit card companies have gathered data about you for so long. They have a pretty good history mm-hmm. of where you've mm-hmm. been, what you've doing, your purchase decisions, et cetera, et cetera. But as long as they are not intrusive into your life, you don't really care. You know, it's like you might care if you have, you know, maybe some political leanings about that, but otherwise you don't really care. And, the thing is that with the monetization of the data and with these comp- companies being having so much uh, data and then trying to make a better experience, because I still believe that uh, many many of them actually just try are trying, and it's a game, are trying to to make a better user experience. Suddenly, users are reacting into like, oh wow, how the hell does that company know so much about me? How does it know that? And, you know, there's so many examples I won't go over right now because I know we're limited in time. But I believe that in that sense, it's both. I won't use the term scary. I think it's just um, um, uh, people are still not used to it. Uh, they will, uh, but it's true that companies that are actually leveraging this data will have to be very careful because, of course, what's going to happen, and again, in Europe we've seen some examples as well in Japan, is that you know the law will come back into force very, very quickly. Uh, if, you, if, if the market is completely free, the law comes uh, back very quickly. The hammer of the law is very quick. And then no, no matter how much uh, you know, some of the pundits of the Silicon Valley will shout, mm-hmm. the regulation will be, uh, will be uh, coming very quickly. So I think let's maybe not get into, because there's so many stuff that could go uh, with big data, of course, with the Internet of Things. With I welcome most of it. I don't know if everybody does, but I think I welcome most of it. But it's true that it will. It's a. We're still in a testing phase where we really don't really know where it's going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've seen um, Apple has just released the specs and API for iBeacon. So uh, there's already one yeah. app. Yeah. That will actually you will enter a store and uh, through these um, a beacon is basically a small device that just hangs around on a wall. It will re- react to it and say, "Oh, you're here, so hey, George mm-hmm. is here, so yeah. we'll send you a coupon or something." Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was the dream of you know Foursquare, maybe, yeah, but you don't <laughs> even have to check in anymore. But all this will will see will test the limits of what users are are are. Um, are ready to accept, although this is, of course, moving sense because users nowadays uh, might accept less than users in, in 20 years. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm completely changing subject because uh, please, you're, you're a person, um, uh, you are into entrepreneurship uh, and uh, into startups and you're following very closely the scene. You already said that you're mentoring and you're uh, uh, coaching startups. Um, and um, I think we're just getting over the hype uh, that has been going on the last few years and um, just getting over the, the buzzwords of incubators, accelerators, mentors, and other words, other, other bad, nasty words, as I, as I say. And um, it, it, 
I hope that the the the, uh, the ecosystem. If I'm not even sure if it's a valid term to use for for startups, but the, the startup ecosystem is start to get more mature, not just in Silicon Valley and uh, and and Amsterdam and Berlin and Israel and uh, and uh, maybe London, but also in other countries, uh, both in in the Western world, but also in in developing countries. I was lucky enough uh, to be very close to many startups from Africa and uh, from the Caribbean. Um, so uh, it feels it feels that suddenly the bubble has has exploded the, the accelerator bubble has exploded I mean, a couple of years back i remember that there was something like 100 and something uh, programs uh, globally and in, in within 3 or 4 months i counted more than 1000 more accelerator programs right so i think this is uh, we're done with that and at the same time i see that the, there are several sources of money if money is your problem, right, as a startup. Um, but I, maybe I said too many things. Yeah, exactly. Because there's many drawers in that question. But to, to, the, the first thing I would say is uh, I know some accelerators get a bad, wor- a, a bad reputation and, uh, and the whole, the whole world, the world of uh, accelerators now is somewhat uh, tainted. But... <laughs> I've been I've been around. I mean, I was in startups back in '98, '99, so that was a different era. But if I just compare it to 2008, where I basically started to be uh, um, working with startups again, and 2014, yeah, well, of course, you know, accelerators have not all all been the, the best. But honestly, the ecosystems, whatever word you want to use, have been growing in that in every corner of the world. This is really something actually that I welcome. I mean, people having not having to go always for a corporate life or a civil servant life and actually trying to do their stuff. They might fail, but at least this is mm-hmm. one of the biggest things. So, of course, now, like in all in all um, uh, fast-paced uh, um, ecosystem um, in industries like the early stage startups, you'll have a lot. Lot of players and a lot of accelerators have tried and failed, and that's a thing. Mm-hmm. They will fail, and still are still fa- failing. There's still a lot of accelerators. I think the the new blog, um, technology blog called t- uh, Tech.eu, and that's actually mm-hmm. the URL has done a report about the number of accelerators in Europe. Uh, I think two or three months ago, and, and the number was still staggering. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interesting thing in terms of maturing, that was the second point. The mature the maturation. One of the signs of the maturation, and that's not the case in every country. I mean, the, all the countries are not going the same pace, obviously. Mm-hmm. Is the appearance of corporates so suddenly having corporations creating their own incubators? First, they were just putting money, now they're creating their own incubators. Whether it's uh, an external com- uh, like Wera or um, Hubram, which is so basically are corporate sponsored incubators, but yep. even now you have uh, uh, um, uh, incubators that are within a corporation. That's a sign of of, of uh, the maturation. But I don't think the matru- uh, we're in a mature ecosystems yet. It doesn't actually really matter. We're getting better. But the last part of your question was the most interesting the question about money. I think in terms of money, most people ha- the, the problem is that. And then we have this problem in Europe. There was a, um, since we're, I think we have mostly a European uh, um, audience here. Uh, the European Union did a, launched some initiative, I think two, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. many, many initiatives about, you know, how do we create a better ecosystem for startups in Europe and everything. And one thing they're lacking is, and, that's, and I see that everywhere, and I see that whether I'm in Dubai, whether I'm in Rio, whether I'm in Tokyo, is that people think about the supply. So let's put more money in the systems. And money there is. There, is, there are angels, there are VC firms, there are corporations. The corporation is actually very important. You mentioned Africa. In, uh, in countries, in uh, emerging markets, uh, cor- corporate money, uh, corporate VC money is actually... Uh, yeah, very important but the problem is that if you're an investor 
you're looking to have returns. And you have to take the problem on the other side. So you have to have regulations that facilitate the exit path for uh, uh, potentially successful mm-hmm, startups, mm-hmm, whether mm-hmm. it's an IPO, acquisition, acquire, although I don't, mm-hmm. acquire shouldn't be maybe the, 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 the goal. And that there was a problem in that European Union um, yeah, initiative. Yeah. They really mentioned acquire, which is a bit stupid. So acquire, for those who don't know, is acquisition just to basically acquire the people. I think this is the problem. The reg- regulations at that, the, the financial regulation that makes it easy, easier for actually startups to have an exit will automatically attract people to invest. Because if I know I can make a better return, then I will invest more in, in, in uh, either as an LP for a VC or as an angel directly if I want to uh, invest directly in early stage startups. So I think most of the discussion, the debate that people are having uh, at very high level, the ones actually I'm seeing and probably I'm missing a lot, is actually that they don't really address the, this problem, which is much harder to tackle because it's one thing to put money. I know there have been like European programs, mm-hmm. initiatives for Greece to like, let's put 60 yes. billion or whatever just to help startups. It's great. A million would be them, by the way. I'm sorry for that. Uh, it, it's it's great, but at the same time, if you don't have the 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 the, the end of, spe- of the spectrum, you don't you're not going to actually have uh, people uh, like private investors getting into the market, and that's really lacking. Yeah. Uh, I'm seeing that, and I'm going to finish with that. In, uh, if you go to Eastern Europe, you see a lot of. Uh, of VCs, and that's maybe the first time here I'm gonna, on this interview, I'm gonna be a bit negative, but you see a lot of VCs are basically what, they're not really VCs, what they do, they just receive money from the European Union and they invest. So it's not their money they're playing with, is, yeah. or LP's money, it's money from the European Union when, mm-hmm. you know, the strings mm-hmm. that are attached to money mm-hmm. from government is not exactly the same because they do that to actually just help countries or something. Mm-hmm. So I think this is what's, what's mostly, uh, mostly lacking, and this is what uh, basically Silicon Valley has and probably a few other ecosystems is that uh, they have this exit path. And and one last word, uh, because I know a lot of people, because we mentioned Silicon Valley two or three times in the discussion, I don't believe that actually Silicon Valley is the model that should be followed, whether it's in Europe and other, other ecosystems. There are the most, more successful ecosystems for emerging markets. And green, as you know, Greece is an emerging market. Uh, linking with universities is one. India, Switzerland are doing it very well. There's, there, there are other models that had to be followed also to adapt to the culture and, and to the environment. So uh, I believe that exactly. this yeah. debate should be... An, and I'm saying that because I see again a lot of government, you know, they open uh, something valley, the Athens Valley, the Tokyo Valley, whatever, you know, yeah. and that's just because it's a new valley. That's not, it's not just a self-creation. You have to have a framework and you have to adapt this framework to, uh, to the local realities. I, I wouldn't agree more. Uh, just a short final remark, actually, that um, um, I personally uh, have hopes, let's say, uh, about uh, companies and corporations trying to help uh, new entrepreneurs by creating something. If you want to call it accelerator or incubator, this is fine. You gave the example of uh, Telefonica's Wera and uh, Deutsche Telekom's um, Hubraum, mm-hmm. which um, I would say that the main issue there is that if you graduate from their accelerator, uh, these uh, kind of big corporations they're maybe not ready yet to to uh, absorb right or, and take the, the the innovation that can come from those uh, those kind of programs and those kind of structures to the next level uh, either by uh, creating spin-offs or by incorporating the the innovation and the startups in their normal business it's a big it's a big issue but at the same time i think it's a big opportunity uh, for for companies and uh, maybe 
co uh, corporations of smaller stature, not not so complex as uh, DT and Telefonica, uh, can can create a, a big difference there because they provide something that um, uh, some of the other accelerator programs don't do, which is focus and and industry access, which you don't get. Yeah. Well, you don't get. You do get, of course, because that's that's actually one of the jobs that the accelerator has to do to provide mentors and, and coaches and people that will provide the network. But uh, it's I, I strongly feel it's much more focused. And actually, beyond that, you also get uh, most cases resources and access to to markets, which is quite important. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely correct. Though I would say. Uh, um that's changing because at the beginning, I know I'm a bit sarcastic when mm -hmm. I say that, but let's be honest. When you have a, a corporation setting up um, uh, an accelerator, it's peanuts for them in terms of money, and it's mostly True. marketing. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, we're doing mm -hmm. something True. for startups. It's True. like I have a better image that because yeah. I've set up this accelerator. But what happens more often than not is that they realize through this that actually there, there is innovation happening. Uh, there are some teams or maybe some people are interesting and uh, the, the process that you've mentioned is actually put in place. It's not there yet. It's going to happen. In the end, at the end, if I was uh, as an entrepreneur, if you have to choose uh, uh, an accelerator, if you really want to do it, and I think some of them are really good, choose the ones, not some of them, of course, because of maybe of the, the quality of the mentors, but those who have, like you said, use the word focus. And I would even go to to the to the sense to, to the word of uh, methodology. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not mm -hmm. just showing up in an office for three six yeah. months and having some people just popping up randomly and say, "Oh, yeah, here I've done that twenty years ago." And it's it's not. There are mm -hmm. some accelerators that have, and I've been to some that have a proper methodology. The reason, you know, every week has like there's it's very controlled. The environment is both very free in terms of creation, but very controlled in terms of check of check systems and validate, validation systems. So I think there are some stuff that will that that that, that work. Uh, we don't have time here to go through all those accelerators, but I, let's put it that way. I, I believe, of course, that the accelerator model is not. One that has completely been proven, but at the same time, you know what? Even if you go to a, a, an accelerator that doesn't really, it's com not completely great, or even if a corporate uh, accelerator is not the one that will give you access or not that will actually be ready to incubate, you've done the experience. Mm -hmm. And you'll fail and you'll do another and another startup, and you know, probably at some point you'll start up without any accelerator, without any VC money. And you'll be a great. I mean, look, look at the the, the successes that we've been talking lately. They've not had like these massive rounds. It's just been a few guys. And that you know, look at WhatsApp. WhatsApp yeah. was thirty-two. Now there were fifty people, and fifty people they were disrupting the old SMS market. Mm -hmm. I mean, in, mm -hmm. in terms of scale of disruption, the, the capabilities that we can do today is yeah. is massive. And you know, these guys are, were not like eighteen. They were a bit older, so maybe they failed before. I mean, they were young in that case, but other in other cases. You try stuff, so why not? It's not too bad mm -hmm. if you go to an accelerator at 22. It, it was an experience, and then at, at 40, you'll, you'll revolutionize the world. Great. So this was Paul Papadimitriou. Paul, it was great to have you. Thank you for having me. This is George Vulgaris for Tech Talks Central. Uh, follow us, Greece MWC, hashtag TTC.